When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Road Rewind, where we'll be reviewing some of the forgotten and some unforgettable moments to have ever taken place in the ring. I'm Simon Maguire, and on this week's show, I'm delighted to be joined, as ever, by boxing writer for the Irish Sun, Kevin Byrne, and by two Irish amateur icons in Eric Donovan and Michael Connan. Welcome to the show, guys. Cheers, Simon. Thank you. And Kev, you want to look back at the Olympics in London in 2012 and the Irish team's efforts there? Yeah, absolutely. For Rocky Road Rewind, we're planning on doing a lot of re- retrospective stuff. So we've done a couple of big fights in the pros. We're going to do some amateur standouts. I think if you're if you're looking back at any Olympics, probably the first point to stop back at, uh, especially considering some of the talented people we've got available to us to talk to us. But no, I think you got to look back at 2012 London, almost the home Olympics, Ireland's most successful boxing outing at an Olympics. Um you know, gold medal for Katie Taylor, silver for John John Evans, bronze medals apiece for Paddy Barnes and Michael Conlon. Um, there was a four medal haul back in 2000, or 1956 as well in Melbourne. Uh, they took two gold and silver in 1992. And um, there was there was three, three medals in back in 2008 as well. So 2012 is our most successful Olympics. We've got Michael Conlon on the line, who was one of the medalists from that Games. And it was your breakout moment. And Eric Donovan as well, who tried so hard to make it across to London and to Beijing four years previously, uh, didn't work out just in the end. But Eric, you 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 found yourself um, commentating for RT Radio, and it opened up a new window for you in that you found a media career, which is still snowballing a couple of years later as well. So welcome to the show, lads, and thanks very much. Cheers, Jeff. Eric, I want to start with you. Um, you you really did try hard to get to this Olympics, and then you must have been. Um, you're looking at someone like Michael Conlon, the youngest member of the team, and suddenly he comes from nowhere and makes it onto the team. It's it's tough going, isn't it? Qualifying for the Olympics, so I'm sure you appreciate what he managed to pull off to oh, get there. Oh, without without not only Michael but anybody that qualifies for the Olympics, you know, it's a it's an extraordinary achievement in itself. But to medal at it is just is incredible. You know, there's only a very very small. A group of people that actually uh, can say they're, a, they're an Olympic medalist and you know Michael is one of those very fortunate few um, but I, I felt like that I was associated uh, with the London Olympics in every way um, 
you know, f- from the media standpoint, uh, from the training camp in a CC with the high performance team, getting Katie Taylor ready as a sparring partner, and then to my own misfortunes, you know, breaking my hand outside the ring in a moment of madness, and you know, just really messing up my whole uh, preparation for the Olympic Games. You know, I went into the 2011 Elite Championships and lost uh, to Michael McDonough, but I had literally no sparring. My hand has just come back right. Um, I still lost. I lost on a countback or something, and I thought I might have had a chance to go and qualify. But like you know, that that just really set things in to- in stone for me. Breaking the hand, it just affected me physically, not only physically but mentally as well and emotionally, and it really upset me and uh, knocked me completely off kilter. But of course, when I got the invitation to go to a CC and help out the team and Katie in particular. You know, I I was happy to do that, and it was a great honor and a privilege. Albeit, it was very uh, tough, bittersweet in a way. You know, it's not that I was bitter or anything, but I was very envious of the whole team in a, in a CC because I just felt like I wish I was here. You know, I, you know, they were all going to London. I was going back home. Do you know that kind of way? Um, mm. And I just would would have loved to be 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 with them on that on that plane, um. But when I got back, of course, RT got involved and uh, or got in touch, and and in some ways, I kind of felt very much a part of it. And uh, so, yeah, it was nice, and I was I was so happy for I was very very proud to see the Irish team just really set fire to the whole Olympics. It was special. Yeah, Mick, at twenty years old, you were the baby of the team. Uh, yeah, John John Evan was 22, but then you had a couple, a couple of, you know, Paddy Barnes was 25, uh, Teddy Taylor 26, Adam Nolan 25. So there was a, there was an older kind of basis to the team. So you, you were the kid, the bolter. How did you feel you you fitted in to the uh, team dynamic, and what did you, what was the what was the buzz like in the month coming up to the Olympic Games? It was it was crazy. Eric, Eric was basically part of the team, you know, being in the CC and stuff. I remember it very well. Um, but I was it, it was it was it, it was weird enough because it was only new on the team, but I, I had great confidence because I'd done so well in my first year, qualified a first attempt. So I was I was very confident going in. Um, I believed I was going to go and win a gold medal in twenty twelve, and it was only twenty. I had and I basically had no international experience because the underage stuff. I was always too late, so I never really boxed internationally till two thousand eleven. So. Um, it was my first kind of, well, my second year, my first kind of major year, and I went and and got the got the bronze. But the whole build up and stuff, what I remember was just messing about with Paddy, um, having the crack with him the whole time. Me and him just messing about and trying trying to get weight off. Always that was that was kind of what <laughs> the, the the hardest part about the whole thing for me was making weight. Because you entered a flyweight, and you'd later go on to have your great greatest success in the amateur ranks, up at bantamweight. Um, how difficult was it to get your body into flyweight back then? Easy. You know what? I, I think, I think it was probably the reason why I lost more so in the semis, and it was down to the weight making because I was just fucked by the time. Sorry for cursing. I've now the cursing this, but I was, I was, I was done by the time. We got to the semi-finals. Like I just had nothing left in the gas tank because um, it was just always consistently making weight. For me, it was always hard making flyweight. I was five seven, still the same size now, and getting down to fifty-two kilos was was a nightmare. Um, and the following year, in twenty thirteen, is when I ended up moving up. 
and I couldn't make it no more. So it was, oh, it was, it was very, very tough making making fly with at that stage. So the Olympics, the Olympics roll around. You've done your training camp in Assisi. You get yourself to London, and lads start winning preliminary fights. And there's a good buzz in the camp. You've got Pete Taylor's there. He's primarily involved in Caton's corner. But you've got Zorantia at the peak of his powers and Billy Walsh is leading the team. Did you feel uh, that you had the right tactics going into your fights? Did you feel prepared to beat any fighter in the world at that stage? I did. I, you know what? It wasn't even about the right tactics. It was it was the fact that I was very adaptable to what was ever what was ever in front of me. You know, um, like if I if I needed to change it up in a fight, I could change it up in a matter of seconds. It wasn't it wasn't something I, I had to think about or something I kinda of get stuck in a road and I, I, I was able to change it up. You see that even in, in my quarter final against the the French guy, you know, I needed uh, started off trying the box and then needed to switch it up. So it turns out four right away and just went in and and kind of beat him in his own game up close. So, you know, it was I was always adaptable. I think we always kind of approached it with the right tactics, but if I needed the change I was able to change, and, and I think that was something that Zor always liked about about me was the fact that I was able to adapt to whatever stay we needed to. Mm. So, Eric, I'm wondering how well you remember August 2012 when the fights start moving into the uh, into past the past the last 16 into the quarterfinals. The UK number one, Simon always wants to know, is uh, at that time is Spectrum by Florence and the Machine, a song I actually have since associated with boxing because I believe Carl Frampton has walked out to that one a few times. In the USA box office, top film was The Dark Knight. Uh, de- decent, not bad, not a bad show. Uh, world knew nothing happened that month at all. There was nothing going on apart from the Olympics. And uh, back home in Ireland, Donegal and Mayo qualified for the All Ireland final, wins over Cork and Dublin, respectively. And uh, you're thinking, surely Mayo are going to go on and do it now. So Kenny beat Tip and Galway beat Cork to reach the hurdle final. And meanwhile, at London 2012, um, that's dominating all the news headlines at the time. It's it's really maybe we didn't appreciate it at the time how many big names were there at the time. But when you look back now, it, it really seems quite star-studded. Michael Phelps gets six gold medals. Usain Bolt wins the hundred meters, the two hundred meters. The USA basketball team sweeps the board with Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant, LeBron James. Uh, tennis got gold medalists: Murray and Serena Williams. And meanwhile, Ireland are chasing gold medals all over the shop. You've got Patty Barnes. Michael Conlon, Katie Taylor and John John Evan all going bald-headed for gold medals. What was your take, Eric, at the time on the sporting mood of the nation back home? Yeah, it was a bit surreal, really. There was a, there was a tremendous buzz around the place. And, uh, like, Michael touched on something there. Like, he had no international experience coming onto the scene. I would have grown up in the kind of scaremongering Irish... Um, what would you say development squads and, and cadet squads and, and junior and youth and up all the way up and where you would have been told to go out and enjoy yourselves out in major tournaments and and you'd hear an awful lot of um, what would you say uh, rumours and chat chit chat you know oh he's savage or that, that Cuban is unbelievable no one will touch him or oh that Russian is in your weight and you know you'd be brought up with a whole load of fearful um dread about you know certain individuals in your weight and stuff and I'm not saying I was the most easily influenced but I would I'd be the type of person that would take on a lot of stuff like that and be hearing a lot and there was no one really leading the way for us growing up and I think with the Beijing Olympics 
it was still a shock to everybody that we got three medals because, you know, we were underperforming before that in major championships. And Kenneth Egan and Darren Sutherland and Johnny Joyce actually just scraped through it at the last at the last qualifier for Beijing. And then, you know, obviously getting the, the medals, Paddy, Kenneth and, and Darren Sutherland, it was fantastic. I always knew they were capable of doing it, but it was just a big shock that they actually got these medals and came home with three from Beijing, considering we wouldn't have been favourites for medals going out. And then to go into London with, you know, with a savage team, a really, really class team. John Genevan having been there before, Paddy Barnes having uh, been there before and medaled. And no, there was a bit more experience and, it, and Michael having coming into the scene as well, uh, not having the experience of international uh, before and having his own mental strength that is it's on parallel, to be honest. Like, you know, Michael is one of these just self-driven, uh, strong, very, very strong-minded, doesn't let anybody knock him off kilter. And and uh, so he was going in with that and um, that stood to him. That absolutely stood to him in the Olympics and he was surrounded by medal winners. You know, John Nevin was a, a world medal winner that time. Michael only got Michael got to the quarterfinals of Baku, sure. Uh, Paddy Barnes, major medal winner. Katie Taylor, another major medal winner. So you know, you know, and and um, Darren O'Neill, I think, was a European silver medal winner going in. So he's surrounded by uh, a major medal winning team, and um, and they just set it alight. What I really, what I remember as well with RTE, there was a huge uh, pundit panel and. Uh, pundit and analysis at, at the start of the launch for the Olympic Games and as the Olympic Games progressed the pundits were dropping out <laughs> in a way that the, the the participants that they were representing or, 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 or speaking on behalf of um, their respected sports they were they were getting knocked out of the Olympics so the pundits were dropping as well and I was I was still going and I was going around to all of these different offices or, or sorry studios I was in with because RT did a did a live every fight was live and I'd have to break up Joe Duffy's um uh live line with Joe Duffy so I could actually commentate on the fight then I'd be with Mariam Fanukin the next day I'd have to break up her show go into the studio commentate on the fight and then I'd be moving around these different studios in RTE but it was it was brilliant it was fantastic I remember standing in Mariam Fanukin's studio Katie Taylor was getting an Olympic gold medal and the national anthem was playing and um, we stood up we stood up in the studio to the Ron Avine and it was just unbelievable it was just amazing yeah. Michael, are you are you attending the other boxers' fights at the time, or are you just playing in, concentrating on your own form? No, nah, I was I was attending near all the fights. Bar if I had a fight, kind of the same day or, or or early next morning. If I was boxing early next morning, someone was on the, the morning before, I would be there. But the only only if I was fighting, maybe twelve hours or, or thirteen or fourteen hours after, I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have been going to the fights. But mo- I was at most of them. How difficult is it to um? To fight in a tournament like that, the the eyes of the world are on you. You beat Duke Mike from Ghana, then Nordi Nubali from France, and then you're fighting Robesy Ramirez from Cuba, yeah. all within a day or two of each other. How difficult it is it to wind down after your fight and then get ready <laughs> again then to fight the following day? Or how's it work? You know what? It was it was. This is the reason I I think I I really enjoy I enjoyed 2012 Olympics because of. Paddy Barnes and I'll be honest I always give him credit for it because he had my main kind of took off but we weren't we weren't focusing on who we were fighting or what we were doing we were we were 
like just riding about the after a fight or something, riding about the village on bikes. So we stole Team Ireland's officials' bikes and started flying around the village, shouting like shouting at the Australians and stuff, going "Good day, mate!" Then they were chasing and stuff. Um, they were getting fed up, and then like uh, even at that, we were we were going out of the village and heading over to the Stratford Centre, which was right next door. And, and get up to the casino and, and, and betting in the casino. And Paddy seemed to be winning the, in the casino, but I was losing. And I was always just saying, you know what? If I'm losing here, it means I'm going to win the ring. So I don't mind losing. <laughs> yeah. And we were just, uh, I was just taking my mind. Oh, we just had, we just enjoyed it and had fun. Um, And it was something that kind of Jerry and stuff always said about go and enjoy us. You know, don't think about it as, you know, the Olympic Games. Think about it as just a normal competition. Have fun, enjoy yourself. Don't take it too seriously. But, you know, you're obviously going to perform. You have to get your head on when you're performing, but don't be taking the, the thing too seriously and, and making it bigger than what it actually is. And obviously, it was the first Olympic Games that women's boxing was admitted, and the weight of the nation's expectation was on the shoulders of Katie Taylor. Did that make things easier for the boxers, do you think? Uh, did that weren't named Katie Taylor on the team? I, I would say probably so. Why? Um, I had no pressure on myself. There wasn't there wasn't any pressure on me really. I was just going there. I wasn't expected to go medal. Probably a little bit of a dark horse, but you know there wasn't no big expectations on me. Billy and always even saying to me, you know, just you focus on twenty six. Twenty sixteen is your Olympics. Enjoy this one. But twenty sixteen is the Olympics. You'll you you'll get you'll do really really well. And I was like, fuck that. I'm going to win gold here. I'm not I'm not just going to have fun. I'm going to win gold. So. Um, there wasn't no pressure on me, except probably the only pressure I put on myself was to go out and win gold. Um, but all the pressure was on Katie, and it all—it always has been. It's kind of unfair, but even us as fighters, I, I always expected to win gold. It was—it's not like it's only the fans and only the country. It's the, the other teammates. We all know how good she is, and 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 had the same expectation as everybody else. Yeah, but the women's boxing program took place just in the couple of days before the, the men's. I did, you were fighting around the same time, but Katie, I think, had her gold medal won by the time the medal fights or the semifinals were taking place for the men. Um, the first fight with Jonas was incredible. Uh, I believe every, everyone in Ireland became an expert on decibel levels at the time and uh-huh. what the decibel level of a jet engine compared to the, the arena in London. Uh, so she beat Natasha Jonas, then Corey Ava from Tajikistan. And got to the final against uh, Sofia Achigava. I've got their head-to-head record here. Uh, I think Katie was 2-1 up against her. So mm. this was the fourth fight. And it was a really, really tight affair. Katie got the nod at the end, 10-8. But watch, yeah. watching, watching it back, I'm, I'm not sure she even won the fight. I think maybe home advantage might have helped uh, Katie Taylor's attempt in that fight. But did you attend it? Was it cl- how close did you have it? I, I was there, I, and it was it was it was nail biting stuff. Um, mm. I, I didn't. If I'm honest, when I was there, I wasn't actually scoring it. I was just like, she won that, she won that round, she won that round. Mm-hmm. We just wanted her to win. You know what I mean? Um, it was a very close fight. I've watched it back, and you know, it was so tight you couldn't really split them. Um, you could have leaned easily that Achigava. And she's an unbelievable fighter. She was just, her style is, is the style which is which probably beats Katie's style. That kind of that kind of boxing as as an amateur was the style Katie get then like a southpaw who was just 
Ray too happy and anything he was coming forward was just getting turned and stuff. So it was a very close fight. Um, home advantage always plays a part, no matter what you're going to say. When it's a home kind of games, you're going to you're it's it's going to be beneficial for 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 the home kind of nations, and obviously it, it would have helped a little bit. But you know it was it was a very close fight and could have went either way. So no, I I'm just happy I was there to witness it. Absolutely. Um, I think the moment of the Olympics was probably it has to be Katie Taylor's gold medal win, but the performance of the games. There's a couple of contenders. Your best performance uh, against Georgia. Best, best performance made of the team was George Nevin versus the Cuban. He was unbelievable in that fight. That was the best I've, I've seen him. Um, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't go and say uh, any other performance because his performance against the world champion in an Olympic semi final was just unbelievable. He couldn't touch him. Um, turning both, changing direction, catching him every time he was coming in, showboating and everything. It was fantastic. He was doing the Mullingar shuffle and, and he hasn't shut up a bit since. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he 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 Cuban the Cuban, didn't he? Yeah, okay. <laughs> he just um and like he uh, he had a couple of other good performances as well. Like, you know, it's I think he had the most fights as well, did he? Like he had uh, I think he had um Dennis right. Sealand, then he'd Kazakhstan, then he'd Oscar Valdez, then he'd the Cuban. So I think he won four fights. Um you know, before he even got to the final, but yeah, his 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 performances were unreal. But I thought Paddy Barnes' performance against um, uh, Zhu Shiming was just uh, oh, I'll never I'll never ever forget it. You know, I was so heartbroken as well because there was like when you t- put it into context, he beat Paddy fifteen nil, and now let's come like come on, it was never fifteen nil in the first place in Beijing, but. Um, but, know, but it should have been twenty. But, it should have been twenty. <laughs> but, uh, but but still, he did outbeat. He, he beat him well. But I thought Paddy deserved to get a couple of couple of scores on the board. Um, you know. But uh, to go back to turn that around in four years and actually, you know, um, to have nothing but like you know a, a a pin a pin in it, like you know what I mean. There was literally nothing in it. A count back. And uh, it was just so heartbreaking. But um, I, I've no doubt that Paddy Barnes would have been Olympic champion if he'd get the nod for that fight. Yeah. Um, that fight, uh, Barnes against Shimming. So it was a replay of their 2008 um, Olympic semi which Barnes didn't manage to land a score. He did land punches, but he didn't land a score. Shimming was the reigning world and Olympic champion. Um, he was up 8-5 after the first round. He was 11-8 up after the second round. But by the end, it was 15 all because Paddy Barnes beat Shimming Zoo all over the ring. He bullied him. Paddy fought a bit dirty that day. He pushed on the ground. He gave him a little knee in the ribs. He put Shimming Zoo in the as well. And he was doing that rangefinder jab to hold Paddy off him, but he couldn't. He couldn't manage it for long enough. Jimmy McGee, I watched the commentary this morning. Jimmy McGee was overcome with emotion from Paddy Barnes' performance. It was just one of the, it was one of the great performances. It really was. And as skilled as John John Evans was against Cuba, and it's probably still the best I've ever seen from an Irish boxer in the ring. At that level, Paddy Barnes wasn't far behind, and he lost 44-45 on a count back. And a few of the judges, Michael, you might recognise them. Um, There's a guy from Poland, Gorny, Gorny, he judged your fight four years later in the Olympic Games. And the the referee, the Algerian woman, uh, Siti Jakob, she refereed the fight against Vladimir in a few years years later as well so there's some of the magnificent seven were involved but Paddy Barnes couldn't have lost by a more uh, he couldn't have lost by a smaller margin if he tried 
Um, it was a very, very close fight. He, he, he would have been an Olympic champion. It was an unbelievable performance against someone who had beat him 15 four years previous. Um, I'd say probably the best performance of Paddy's career. Yeah. Yeah. It's up there with the best, probably best, probably best five performances I've ever seen from any boxer in the world, professional or amateur. Like, you know, it's just one of those that really sticks out in my mind and I'll never forget it because of the whole, the history of it, you know, being outclassed, like, you know, and Paddy nearly wanting to throw away his medal. I know he didn't really mean that. I know he was gutted at the time, but just to go from that to turn around and say, I got you now. And it looked like he was going to pin him. Honestly, I thought when I went to a count back, it was Paddy's fight. I said, yeah, it's Paddy Barnes. It has to be Paddy Barnes because he's the one that, you know, was nonstop action, nonstop throwing, nonstop wanting to win the fight, you know, throwing the initiative. And But anyway, it wasn't a B, but I'll never forget it. A performance that, that, that'll stand the test of time. Uh, Michael, when um, Paddy turned pro, was that a fight he wanted to chase up, Do you know? It was, right? it was the it was the only fight he kind of wanted. He was always, always talking about it, wasn't he? Um, it was a fight that he really wanted. Um, and then Shimming had to retire with the injury, didn't he? He had an eye injury or something, I think. Yeah, correct. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it, w- it would have been a great fight as well because Shimming was linked with top rank and Paddy had connections at top rank and it probably could have been made, but it just unfortunately didn't the way things transpired and it was a bit too late. Um, I don't think I don't think he can top the 2012 fight for, for just drama and frenzied action but I definitely would have liked to have seen a third go between them Michael your own campaign came to an end against an 18 year old Cuban Robesy Ramirez a fantastic yeah. fantastic fighter do you recall your tactics yeah the, the tactics was to get in close and get uh, and punch through the guard um, and just throw more try to throw more punches at him as well and to be honest I was glad that when I watch it back there was loads of shots in the first round where I was landing through the guard and they weren't getting scored. There were good shots too. Um, but he was just, he was, he was a phenomenon, wasn't he, at the time? Um, he was in running for the the Best Boxer Award as well, the Val Barger. Only uh, Sapaya pulled out some unbelievable performances and got it. Um, and obviously he went away, went again and done it in 2016, won another gold, so... He's a very, very good fighter um, as an amateur, and I went in there full of confidence. Obviously, even though he was younger than me, he still had a lot, a lot more experience than me in the international scene. And I went out there. I thought it performed well, and then just kind of because it kind of worked so hard. And and then obviously when I was saying about the weight, how I was always doing myself in making the weight. You could see by the end of the third round, I had nothing left in the tank, and you know I was. Just, Getting caught silly shots. I took. I, I got a count, which shouldn't have been a count. Um, it was just a bit off balance. He didn't hit me or nothing. It was just a kind of fell off balance from a southpaw stance and back the ropes, and he threw, threw a wee combination. Not all of them even landed. I don't think, but I got a count, count on that there, and then obviously lost. So I was devastated. Um, as I said, I went in believing I was going to be Olympic champion, and it was beat. So I was. I don't know. It was beat well. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Something from watching those fights, um... So it was one of the it's the last Olympics, I think, with the uh, computer scoring and with the point scoring. And after the first round, you realize whether you're winning or losing. You have to change yeah. your tactics then for the second round. And then if you go into the third round, like it worked for Paddy Barnes against Zoo almost because he knew he was far behind. So he said, right, throw the absolute kitchen sink at it. But if you're fighting a guy like a Nevin or even a Luke Campbell or I'm sure a Michael Conlon or a Robert D. Ramirez, if you know that you're up, then the other guy can go on the retreat and then catch you on the way in. So it must have made it even more difficult to fight those guys. I was listen. It was it was it was part of the kind of system which were were brought up in more or less. So you know, I enjoyed getting the scores and knowing whether I was behind or not because when I was behind, it gave me a lot more kind of energy to kind of go. And uh, and the majority of my fights, I lost the first round when it was the computer scoring. Um, I was always like one or two points down. So. I always liked it. It didn't bother me. I was always happy to kind of go because it was I was able to go. I had a good engine, but it's just the way it was, isn't it? Yeah, because I was I was ranking through this Olympics, and I'd say that the best moment I, I mentioned previously was Katie. The most entertaining fight fights probably came from Paddy Barnes because his fight against India was an absolute barnstormer, and his fight against China was completely dramatic. The best performances overall probably came from John John Evan, but the breakout star, I'd say was yourself because you learned from this Olympics and went on to have an incredibly dominant few years. Commonwealth champion 2014, European champion 2015 and world as well then 2015. So what did you learn from this experience that brought brought your medal count just swarming up in the next couple no, of years? No, the, the main thing was was even more confidence and, and I, I, just, I, I just got supremely confident and I think maybe in 2013 I got overconfident and didn't put in as much hard work. Like in 2013, I wasn't training hard enough. And then obviously having fucking weight problems didn't help. Uh, moved up to 20, uh, move up to 56 kilo. I got silver that year in the Europeans, lost to Serbia in the final on a split decision. And then I moved up midway through the year and then lost in a quarter final of the World Championships to Nikitin. 
And then I promised myself that from 2014 on, I wasn't going to be losing and I was going to be putting the work in and just kind of refocus myself. And, and you've seen in 2014, I didn't lose once that year. Um, went and won every competition entered, won the Commonwealth Games and went in the 2015 supremely confident to qualify for the Games, which it did through the WSB. Um, and then just, I wasn't even going to go to the Europeans or the World Championships either on that one. The reason I went was because I was on holiday in Portugal. It was like three weeks before the Europeans. I was on holiday with Portugal. In Portugal, I'd already qualified for the Games. And Billy rang me and says, listen, we're going to send Kurt Walker to the Europeans. And if Kurt Walker qualifies for the Worlds and then qualifies for Olympics, you're going to have to have a box off. So we're going to send him to the Europeans. And I says, nah, fuck that. I'll go to the Europeans. So it was, <laughs> I, I, was, I was happy. I, didn't, I, I was just going to kind of spade him and not, not give him a chance to have the, for me to have him the box off because I know Kurt was talented. And I was saying, yeah, yeah there's 100% there's a chance he could qualify and then I'd have to yeah. do a box off. And I'm not having that. So I was I was actually drinking away and I was heavy in, in on holiday in Portugal. So this is no do I'll just start running here for the last seven days. It was away for two weeks. I was running doing ten Ks, fifteen Ks most days. I got back, headed to Dublin, very heavy. I was still like six or seven kilo overweight. Um, just trained in a sweatsuit basically the whole time. Got to the Europeans in Bulgaria, lived in a sweatsuit and done hot baths every night. That was uh, and I had to get Julianne the physio. They kind of just sit and smack my legs and, and, and massage my legs every day because my legs just felt like lead. So basically three weeks training, I, I won the Europeans. Um, just uh, And every night I was in a hot bath trying to, trying to cut the weight, to keep the weight down. And then I just gave my focus for the World Championships because I knew if I could win the Europeans in, on two to three weeks notice, 100% I could win the World Championships. And that's what I've done. I just focused myself. And when you have that brave and belief, um, which I kind of got from 2012 when I won. My, I was my first major medal. When I got to the end, I, I always believed I was already going to be a champion every time I was entering these competitions. And when I went to the Worlds, I was sure to remember Sean McComb. And I was just telling Sean the whole time, or oh, I've already won these Worlds, Sean. And he was like, he's like laughing and stuff. And I'm, I'm serious, I'm, I'm already World Champion. I know what I'm going to do here. I know what I know what way I'm going to fight. I know I'm going to be a World Champion. So um, I'm already World Champion now. And... Obviously, I went, I went and done it, and, and I put it down to just the confidence and stuff. It's not about ability the most time. If you can believe you can win, you will win. You know what I mean? If you truly believe it, there's you're going to make it, make it possible for yourself in the way to win because you have that un, unbeatable uh, belief. There's no way of beating you. Yeah, and you were unfortunately denied a rematch with Ramirez at uh, Rio 2016, but we might get to those infamous games on an, at another podcast yeah. Eric yeah. Eric Ireland have won 31 medals in the Olympic Games um, three I think four of them including the Smith Hall, but 16, 16 in boxing 15 in other sports um, I know you're very proud of the legacy the sport has and you're part you're part within it do you think the feel good factor in the time in the country at the time the amount of people are going crazy for the sport after Katie Taylor's success and all the great things that happened you feel that the legacy wasn't really built upon? It doesn't really feel like it was to me personally. No, I don't think it was. Um, they failed to fail to capitalize on it, failed to kind of sell sell it in the way that you know other more mainstream or popular sports would be sold and would have you know families and 
and fans, sporting fans alike, at the gates waiting to get in, you know, build that carnival atmosphere. You know, they had a chance to do that, but like they failed on that part because it's almost like we take it for granted. It's almost like we take our, our, our athletes, um, we take them for granted. We do. And um, and I know all about it, like, because I've been there myself and I know the work that goes into it and I know the reward is very, very small, very small. Um, so you can't really blame the guys then for, um, well, I know a lot of them held on after London and, and, and pushed on for the Rio Olympics, but I was even surprised that they stayed for the Rio Olympic Games. But, you know, it's no it's no surprise now that a lot of people are going professional. And um, and, and there's another, the flip side of that as well is I feel personally, me, on a personal level, that, that the Olympic Games has kind of lost its spark. It's lost its value or something. But, I tell you what done it for me. When I start when I started seeing the professional athletes like golfers and tennis players coming into the Olympic Games, athletes who can decide that they don't want to go to the Olympics. You know, when I give my whole life to try and go to the Olympics and then there's these athletes who can go if they want to go and they're saying, No, I don't want to go. Um and where an open or a major is worth more than the Olympic medal or the Olympic gold medal, then there's a problem. The Olympic Games is not the pinnacle anymore. It's not the pinnacle. It should always be the pinnacle of the athlete's career, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And on those Olympic medals, Ireland finished joint fifth in the table with Kazakhstan behind Russia, Cuba, Ukraine. And the table <coughs> Britain. And I'd say that was home cup, but to be fair, Britain have had a, an extraordinary decade as well. Yeah. Um, and some of the other gold medal winners have gone on to become massive names. Uh, Vasil Lomachenko, that was his second gold. But Alexander Usyk, Anthony Joshua, and yeah, there's, the games has had quite a legacy. And some of the fighters have made themselves into huge names, uh, including including yourself, Michael. So uh, congratulations, lads, on your continued success. And Eric, you're Irish champion currently as well. So and we might even get we might even get a fight between you down the line. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I'd like to touch on the point there, which which uh, Eric was saying about like how. We've kind of been let. Well, the, the the Olympians were let down um, after the games because he's right. We we could have been how if you look at how the Irish rugby team is kind of promoted and pushed. Like the the Olympians would have had the exact should should have had the exact same kind of platform which they had. We were out there. We were inspiring the next generation of kids coming through because not every kid's going to be big enough to be a rugby player, but any kid can be big enough to be a boxer. So. You know, and, yeah. and especially if you look, look, listen, Katie's a different kettle of fish in herself because what she's done for women's boxing and women's sport in general in the country has been phenomenal. So she she's already kind of on her own path. The IBA have let us down, had let us down at the time, and and probably still continue to do. You know, a lot of the the, the sport Ireland now are, are doing a good job, but at that time. There was so much more things which could have happened. We, we could have been sponsored, bloody a sponsored team with proper bloody sponsored income kind of stuff like cars and other things, sponsor sponsorship deals. But we weren't promoted correctly, um, and there was a lot of opportunities missed. On that low note, I still want to thank you both for joining me today, and Simon as well for the Rocky Road Rewind. I look back at London 2012.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.